Hello and welcome to the Trump Report, the late night edition, post-Democratic debates, night one. Thank you guys so much for staying up late and waiting for us. And a uh, special shout out to R. Scott Brown, who we were tweeting just a minute ago. So thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Christian Blatt. <laughs> no, that's not true. Christian had fatherly duties tonight. So Tamara's stepping in to uh, moderate the our little panel tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, as always, Chelsea Galicia. Hello there. And Scott Moore. Hi. Oh, we're all so tired, you guys. <sighs> And I'm not sure if it was because the debates were exhausting, like right. thrilling, or womp womp. Yeah. I, I'm citing a little bit more with the womp womp, like nothing too crazy yeah. exciting about it. Mm-mm. I don't know what you think. Yeah. Let's start. Yeah. Let's, let's start. Yeah. Let's, Scott, overall thoughts. Um, well, you know, Trump had tweeted that it was boring, and I, I said, you know, on Twitter back to him essentially that you know it was boring for him because he didn't understand what was going on <laughs> but for most of the rest of us you know there 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 wasn't any there wasn't any like dazzling moments and I, I you know I've had I had a back and forth with someone earlier tonight that was saying basically you know that we need to have a moderate that that's our best chance to win back the White House and you know they were talking about the 2018 uh, election and I said well those are sort of the the workhorse candidates, the people in Congress and Senate, and they don't need to be as inspiring in a way. But but for the presidency is is as you know, of course, we want someone that's knowledgeable in policy and and is going to be making the changes that we want. Is um, especially if you're a Democrat, but I, I, you also need to feel inspired and you need to feel like you want to vote for this person. You're passionate about them and you, you want to fall in love with them. And you know, there and we'll get into each person a little bit later. But I didn't feel the that passion for anybody. I thought, you know, there were several hmm. candidates that stood out, and I love certain candidates' positions, but mm-hmm. I didn't feel that, like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Okay. Yeah, there yeah. were great, there were some great pieces, there were some great lines, mm-hmm. some good moments. Um, I think a lot of people are saying that Julian Castro was kind of the um, surprise, like sort Dark of horse. Under- yeah, mm-hmm. and I think he really, and I think people say that because he had the moment where he named the people who we've all seen in the the picture today that came out or yesterday a man and his daughter yes laying dead in in the rio grande when when somebody i don't remember who had referenced the picture before and they just said father and child and then and when he was able to say their names that was oscar and valeria and they had gone to a port of entry and they had been denied and so giving them a name and a and a story um i i think that's probably if I'm not uh, mistaken, I don't know if you guys can remember any other like really highlight moments where he 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 had. Although he did have a strong moment when he was trying to ask everybody else, "Would you guys, you know, um, take back the the regular the law regulation that makes it a crime to cross a border mm-hmm. rather than a civil infraction?" Right. And that's where he came off, you know, a, aggressive and, and but sort of debating with Beto a little bit. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. like this Texas, the Texas takedown. Little, yeah. <laughs> but I think overall, I, I don't want to say I agreed with Trump, but I think what he was getting at that I could agree with is that we're looking for somebody who created a strong brand. And I hate to trivialize a presidency mm-hmm. into like they need a brand, but in effect mm-hmm. they do. What is it that the what is it that they stand for that you can say in about ten words or so? Well, yeah, but the other thing I think too is that sorry to cut yeah. you off is that with that many people with 
10 seconds here, 30 seconds here, 45 seconds here. I don't know if anybody really had the opportunity to. Well, I I think, you know, Elizabeth Warren, you know, kind of did. When mm-hmm. when ev- when in most of the questions she was able to give an answer that that was around, you know, corruption and big corporations and excessive profits by the the top 1%. That be- creates a theme that begins to build a brand. And so you know very mm-hmm. much that her brand of progressive politics is based around uh, what, as I see it, cleaning up the corruption in Washington. So she names the problem. I think everybody is talking about solutions, great, and they're all varying degrees of the same solutions. I think the differentiator will be: Do people relate? to the cause of the problems that people put out. So Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Warren is saying the cause of the problems is the corruption, is the excessive role of money in our politics, although she didn't get that phrase out today. Um, I thought it was really interesting that Bill de Blasio named the problem as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, you know, to struggling Americans who have been told that it's immigrants who are making your life difficult, it is not the immigrants. It is, you know, the corporate... And the the one percent, and that is true. That that was you know truth ringing in my ears. But I think for most people, they need to understand what that means in order to buy it. Because for some people, they will need to make a shift and wait. Oh, it's not immigrants because it feels on some level like it is. I'm I'm competing against these people for for jobs, so it feels like that's the problem. And it's going to take a little bit more of an explanation. How is it really that corporations are doing this to me? Corporations are the one employing me. They sure hit corporations. I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like the first 15 minutes were just take down the 1% take down corporations, regulate corporations, um, something like that. Scott, do you remember what you were going to say earlier? No, I was just going to say, kind of piggybacking off what you were saying, Chelsea, is the fact that with the brand, it's that you want to feel inspired, you want to feel connected, you want to feel passionate. And some of the candidates did have their moments, like Julian Castro, like Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, I thought, had some a few moments there, too. But it, it, when you look back, you know, the past almost 60 years, when you go back to from, from Kennedy on, you see the people that really inspired and, and brought people over from the other side were, were Kennedy, were Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama. Um, and, Democrats. Well, I was going to say and Ronald Reagan besides that. Hmm. But, but you know, a, a person that can kind of embody that that passion and that inspiration. And, and that's what you kind of look for in a president, the the. The, the leader that's going to bring everybody along. Sure. And so tonight I, I saw glimmers of that, like I was saying, Elizabeth Warren, Julian Castro, definitely I think was a surprise, although we, we saw him on the, I think it was the 2012 uh, Democratic Convention mm-hmm. when he came on for Obama, I think, mm-hmm. keynote or one of the speakers, yep. uh, one of the uh, speeches, and you could see that he's he's young, he's, he's passionate, he's a good speaker. Um, he's clearly knowledgeable. I think when he brought up like Section 1325, like you're saying with immigration, yes. uh-huh. when he brought up some of those things, he really had done his homework and he called up um, Beto for not doing that. And and it was kind of, I think part of Beto's problem is the fact that he's kind of been riding on his personality more uh-huh. than actually knowing policy, policy and letting it, and where some of these people tonight in this debate really had to show that they understood mm-hmm. policy because they had to stand out to the Democratic voters and to the independents and to maybe some of those uh, moderate Republicans that are fed up with Donald Trump and the current crop of Republicans. And so they really had to come across as knowing what they were talking about. And I thought he overall didn't 
come across that way at all tonight. I think he was going on too much of his personality Beto? cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that speaking Spanish bit at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that didn't go on. Like he didn't keep I was returning like, oh to that. Oh my god, is this gonna keep yeah, on Booker? <laughs> Caster, no. and, and, and I, it was a little. It's like it's like it, it comes back to that pandering where it's like you get so fed up of hearing everyone talk about. Well, my father was an immigrant that had five jobs, and we yeah. grew up with a single mom, and, and you know, it's like it, it feels so pandering. And it's yeah. like I want to hear about you. We understand. There were those has moments of and, like the you know Delaney trying to interrupt. My yeah. grandmother yeah. Was, was illegal, and then <laughs> the was, uh, yeah. and then uh, De Blasio, my black son, and, yeah. and, and then, his dad had his. And leg I, I tweeted. I was and, like, you know. his, his dad was a was a war. Uh, you know, had um, PTSD and, mm-hmm. and took his own life. And I was like, oh God, I hope this. This isn't like do people know this about him? I hope this isn't the moment he chose to break this yeah. suicide news. There, it does feel a little bit like they're kind of I, I prostituting totally, their own, their sob yeah. stories. Oh, that's a good yes. word for it. For, that is a very good word for it. And it is a, it's a little bit cringeworthy. Mm-hmm. And, it is. You know, I I understand that they need to go for the Latino vote, but even mm-hmm. me, I was like this like half Mexican, half white girl who can you know speaks like I was like, oh come yeah, on, yeah, it guys. was like it was very uncomfortable. It's like, um, stop. And it was weird. I actually on on Twitter saw that Frank Luntz, the Republican yeah. uh, pollster, you know, and language guru for the for the right, was like, actually, this is a good idea. And I was surprised that he said that, even though he said there's going to be a lot of people making fun of them. Mm-hmm. I saw somebody put uh, a couple people. Appreciating that uh, Warren said Latinx mm-hmm. instead of Latinos, mm-hmm. um, and she didn't speak Spanish, so that was probably that was a more savvy move. Yeah, I think that was yeah. for the move best. on her part. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there was technical difficulties. There were um, Delaney's <laughs> faces. I think there's going to be. There's already multiple memes about that. Well, and Cory like, Booker had a couple times with his face too. I was like, oh, you know, oh, it was yeah, like, like the eyes were. Yeah, I saw one where he was mean mugging. Uh, yes, Beto for and, speaking um, Spanish. For, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, because um, he wanted to get it first. <laughs> Like dang it, that guy. Took I wanted my... to pander first. Yeah. He speaks Spanish. Yeah, but uh, briefly, I mean, we can't spend too much time. But let, let's let's kind of go through the candidates and just kind of say like who any any anything stand out at all. And let's start with uh, Tim Tim Ryan, um, Chelsea. Anything okay, anything let's... stand out about the Ohio rep? Tim Ryan. Um, well, he got a little bit spanked by Tulsi Gabbard when he was talking about, you know, we need to stay the course and stay engaged in these um, foreign um, affairs. I mean, we call them wars, even mm-hmm. though they're not really declared wars, but we our presence um, abroad. And that was an, a very... A, that interesting moment where he tried to say we have to stay engaged, we have to stay the course, and Tulsi called him out. That was definitely not a great moment for him. But um, I do I think that he did have a line. I took way too many notes, and I this is too. probably That's I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I'm like, what, wait, what to, are these notes? To, to bite me. I do think that when Tim Ryan said, we cannot be the party of the coast, of the elite, mm-hmm. that's right. not a good look. That was great. Um, that's I what think I had that, in mind. Yeah. I think that was good, but I don't know if that had a place on the debate stage. That's more of like... Um, I think I think that that was I saw Megan McCain tweeted like none of not not that this is the time to do it but she said not one of these people are even attempting to appeal to Republicans and I think that was one small instance where well, well I think it's, it goes back to sort of what is the heart and soul of the Democratic Party going to be and what who are who are the the people that they're going to 
to go uh, want to encourage the vote. And Tim Ryan did bring that up and said, you know, basically you have to look for the working class now. And he brought up, you know, white, black, you know, he went on and on about it, gay, straight. But he basically said, in his opinion, the future of the party should be going back after the working class vote, which was a big factor in the Democratic Party, you know, even up to Bill Clinton's presidency. Um, and so his is being from Ohio, he thinks that that is the, the, the way to, to go after getting back some of those voters that might have peeled away from Obama and as we've seen in, in the upper Midwest last presidency. However, in 2018, we saw a lot of the people that had voted for Trump had gone back to the Democrats. So um, it, it, I think it's just a narrative on, on the heart and soul on what's you know, yeah. who, who the Democrats are going to really be going after. Um, I had to stop myself from, uh, I was very struck by Tulsi Gabbard's uh, yep. silver streak. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, if I'm going to comment on anybody's mm-hmm. appearance, it will not be one of the women. So I, I, I stopped myself. I stopped myself, too, because I kept thinking because of the silver streak that she was older and then she's actually younger than me. And I was thrown <laughs> off by that. Really? And then, yes. And then I thought... Oh, is that me thinking that because she's a woman? You know, so I was like, I'm not going to go there either. Because, <laughs> I, or was it because I saw the silver streak and then I just made an assumption that she was older or the way she? I thought it was hair because I thought it was like an intentional like. Well, I did too, in. but then it made me feel like she was older than I thought she was. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that she was only uh, maybe a 38. But... Intentional because <laughs> she true. doesn't, you know. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, 37, mm-hmm. getting a lot of heat for mm-hmm. his inexperience and maybe looking older while being younger. Yeah, well, I think, yeah. Intentional approach. That's probably right, yeah, when you think about, you you want somebody that you feel like has gravitas, but still has... And she she mentioned almost every opportunity, her military service, Mm -hmm. but as it maybe teetered on uh, sort of, you know, pushing, you know, her personal story, but then again, it was like, well, if anybody should, you know, it's the veterans. It fit in with the points that she was trying to make Mm -hmm. about policy. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree. And I think, and I, yeah. sh- I think her closing line of, you know, we used to have a government of, by, and for the people, and right now it's, we don't have that. It's of, by, and for the rich and powerful um, is is true. Um, and I hope that that resonates because I know she's not the first candidate that I've heard say that. Um, in fact, I was wondering if, you know, the candidate, uh, candidate that's going to be on tomorrow, Marianne Williamson, when she was running for Congress, that was a line that she used on her stump speech when she was running for Congress in 2014. And I was wondering if Marianne was sitting there thinking, oh, shoot, she took my line. <laughs> right. yeah. But it is a, a, a good line, and I, I think mm-hmm. it was effective. I, and I do, too. And I think it also kind of, uh, kind of going back to what you were saying about, uh, I think one of you had mentioned about going after Republicans a little bit, just encouraging them. I think she she did have a moment where she had mentioned that she grew up with conservative parents, mm-hmm. yes. um, and being in the military and having that background. I think it was a, a, a slight like appeal to Republicans, um, even though Amy Klobuchar didn't quite say that she was extending to Republicans by her saying she was electable and how she had won in deep red Trump counties mm-hmm. to win statewide senate in, mm-hmm. in minnesota would and guns be peel. taken away from her yes. grandfather hunt and the deer right. hunters so i think there was some a little bit of like hey you know i can target some moderate republicans and everything even though it wasn't blatant because obviously they know who their their audience really is but there are people that are going to tune in that like we've talked about earlier moderates and and independents for sure that do tend to vote Republican that might have been at least hearing from her and from uh, from Tulsi and 
even a little bit from Tim Ryan being able to be like, okay, you know, they did kind of speak a little bit to yeah. some of their needs. And, and, and even Elizabeth Warren, as progressive as she is, was talking about how important it is for taking care of people. And when we get into like some of the individual issues like healthcare and things, I think some of that stuff would be uh, of interest to Republican families that, you know, have health uh, yeah. concerns. And so there was um, some there for sure, I thought. What uh, I think. People are, uh, at least CNN correspondents, were kind of in consensus after the debate finished that Cory Booker was one of the standouts. Mm -hmm. So uh, what are our thoughts on that? Cory hmm. Booker, I, I think he, to, to me, he, he brought a lot more than I was anticipating from him because I hadn't heard much from him and wasn't really clear on any sort of policy. But he was very, I felt very confident and um, even even aggressive at times and and. Yeah, yeah. I, one, I liked what he brought to the table. One line that he used that spoke to me that I was like, yes, but I think for most people was just probably not heard, really, is that he said that the indicators of GDP and the way that we currently measure the economy is not helping people in this economy. And that's mm -hmm. one of the things that I believe fundamentally needs to change is our use of GDP as a measure of the economy mm -hmm. because it doesn't measure it very well. Right. And the stock market too. Exactly. So I, re I really like that. I, mm -hmm. you know, I wish there was more time for him to like say more on that. Yeah. Um, but that one I think was a good line and I hope people heard that. I mean, I feel like he has a good um, presence. Um, I didn't hear anything in terms of, you know, Public, uh, his neighborhood? Do we not? I'm, I'm a little unclear on what kind of neighborhood he lives in. I, I don't know about <laughs> you guys. Yes, in Newark. Yeah. You know, actually, that was kind of a good brand building uh, I thought theme so too. that, that was he one came of my back things. to, which mm -hmm. is that I live in these mm -hmm. places. Um, I, I wonder if New Jersey is still a little like coastal for people to believe that he lives in like real America. But I mean, he definitely made it sound like it when he said, you know, just up the street from my mm -hmm. house, you know, within the last year, you know, seven shots were fired. Somebody right. was killed. So I thought that that was uh, that, that was something new that I had not heard from him, although I knew that he lived in Newark. But I get, you know, I, it's not a place that I have spent any time in. So he did a good job painting a picture of how he is staying connected to his constituents. And I think that that... While dating Rosario it. Dawson. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and always bringing it back to the shallow what yes. <laughs> E! News is reporting on. Well, you know, Rosario Dawson's been politically active mm -hmm. for a long time. When I... Marched in D.C. in April of... She's no Alyssa Milano, 2016. Yeah, she, she... And I, that was the time when I went to D.C. to get arrested. She was there for the same thing. She got arrested, I think, on, like, the last day of the... It was, like, a four-day march that we did. And you know what? I, I, I watched because we you all, like, rushed the Capitol. And then when the Capitol Police say, you know, this is your warning, step back or you will be arrested. And then those of us who didn't want to be arrested, you step back the day that I chose to get arrested, I sat down. But, you know, I happened to be nearby her as I was backing up. And she sat down, and then she got afraid, and then she came back out. And then um, kind of sort of reset down. So she was very nervous mm -hmm. about getting arrested, but she has been... Um, on the front lines. On the she front lines, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I guess that would be something that they... I guess, have in common, and it's not maybe the superficial, like, she's just this beautiful actress. Uh -huh. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. We we talked about, we mentioned Klobuchar a little bit, but anything else stand out about her besides her more moderate or slightly, you know, appealing to the conservative side? Well, I was going to say, just back to Booker, there, there were a couple lines that I really did appreciate from him. One was he did bring up about Central America and how we needed to go in there and fix some of the issues that we've caused. Yeah. Um, which other people brought up, but I think that's a very important point because that gets uh, glossed over, and we've talked about it yes. before, so I really appreciate that oh, you good. brought I'm that so up. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Can I say something yeah. more on that, that he said we have to make investments mm-hmm. in the Northern Triangle? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, the, over the last couple of days, there's been talk about Jared Kushner's plan for the Middle East, mm-hmm. and it revolves around uh, helping double the GDP of <laughs> Uh, Palestine and to lower the unemployment rate and to do all these great economic things and he's being ignored by mm-hmm. that region of the world that they don't like that that solution and I said that is the right solution for the wrong problem <laughs> right. he needs to bring that idea here um, because we cannot um, we can't arrest our way out of this mm-hmm. and uh, there was it was, a, it was a good line is that you And I think I saw it on the ticker uh, when I walked by the TV earlier today that Jared Kushner said no amount of peace agreement, no kind of peace agreement is going to work without an economic plan. And I was like, yeah, he should tell that to Trump that no immigration, Mm -hmm. uh, no border wall, no nothing is going to work unless you also have an economic plan that goes along with it. I understand that some people are like, well, that's not my problem, except it kind of is Mm -hmm. because we cause these problems. And then people say, well, I wasn't around in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't didn't own slaves. You can use that for everything. right? Um, But if you really want to solve the problem, it would be to make investments and to stop trying to exploit them. That's what happened is that we wanted the best deal on produce and everything else that we got from there and therefore exploited people. So I I appreciate he brought that up because that is part of the basis of being able to really start to work on solving the problem. Totally. I also appreciate that he brought up, uh, you know, about uh, violence to trans women, especially trans black women, who we've seen disproportionately uh, affected with murder uh, this so year. Ten this year, right? Uh, hmm? Ten, I believe. Mm-hmm. At least. Yeah. I, I know. Actually, I think the number's higher now. Yeah. I think it's at least 19 or 20. But the fact that he brought that up to the debate stage, I thought, was very important. Um, so uh, that definitely stood out. And then, again, like you were saying about the the being there when it came to gun control and, and talking about um, dealing with violence nearby his neighborhood. And I also liked his line about, you know, too long that these insurance companies for health insurance have been profiteering from pain which uh, is also true too yes. and that stood out to me as well mm-hmm. because it is a huge thing and Elizabeth Warren had brought it up too but talking about Booker I thought those were a couple mm-hmm. points that really stood out to me and like you were saying earlier Chelsea he was very confident he had a couple really good strong moments there that uh, definitely he was one of the winners for tonight for sure was he the one who said you need a driver's license to drive a car mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yep. And I like that one, yeah. too. Yep, um, And it's true. Absolutely, 100% true. And, yeah. and for people to say, well, but, you know, driving a car is not guaranteed by the Second Amendment mm-hmm. or any other amendment. If you read the Second Amendment, it says well-regulated militia. So that could very well fit with Absolutely. with the definition. Yeah, I don't know if it you... didn't say well-regulated militia without a license. So. Right. And, I, you know, I don't know if that would run into problems right. with Heller, which in the case mm-hmm. where the Supreme Court held that that right, the Second Amendment, is an individual right, which I believe was the wrong um, decision, but that's what it is at the right. moment. But you can still, even if it is a personal 
um, right, you can still be required to have a license. Right. I would even go further and say you need like license for a license and, and insurance. insurance. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100%. And it would be the same thing. Like, look, you could have it in your house. Like, you could drive your car on your own property without a license. You know, it's the same thing. You could have it technically without a license in your house. But the minute you're taking it outside or you're going somewhere, besides it just being concealed care, you need to be licensed. You need to be insured. Um, and you should be insured anyways if it's in your house like anything else. But With I, I, privatized I, I, insurance. <laughs> privatized gun insurance. Universal you, health care. Well, there you go. You get universal health care. And then you can you can shift <laughs> over to private insurance for guns. So yeah. I think that makes sense. That's how they can make up their, their uh, money there on let's, the let's, health insurance. Yeah. That's that because it is a health insurance issue too, which some of the candidates brought up as well. Oh, for a while, violence. yeah. yeah. Um, let's touch on uh, anything else from uh, Klobuchar, and the, or or um, and we can move on to somebody else if nobody has any other thoughts of anything that stood out. Um, with her. I mean, I, mean I, I think she 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 held her own tonight. I was frankly a little bit surprised that she hasn't been doing better up to this point. I really expected I did too. that she would be up there and I I think she may have really been hurt by the I don't know allegations or the reports of, of how hard she is on her staffers. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if 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 that's it, but um I, I don't know. I expected that she would be a higher contender. Um, I don't know if she did much to move the needle tonight. I mean, she she did well, but she she was like a B. You know, she was sort of in the middle of the pack, held her own, differentiated herself mostly by showing how moderate she is. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I would have expected that she would be sort of like her and Biden would be the two sort of moderate top contenders but she's not anywhere near where biden's polling so that's yeah i think she, to me. I, I think she was clearly more on the winner side tonight as far as the debate as far as the group top five yes mm-hmm. um and i do agree with you i think she did have the moderate stances especially when it came to how we we deal with health insurance and you know having it privatized but having the public option uh but i think she had more on the progressive side when it came to immigrants by you know going on about her point about how immigrants are American and, and, and tying it to the economy and talking about how immigrants are the ones that, that uh, do the jobs mm-hmm. and, and, and work the fields and work hard, but also they're also the ones that work in, uh, what was she saying about the, not Nobel laureates, but she brought yeah, up something too. about that, mm-hmm. about that side as how well. How many of them start businesses. And exactly. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of a good point to bring it up and kind of tie it back economically instead of saying like, oh, these are other people that are coming and stealing your jobs. They're actually providing jobs or they're doing things that other, uh, you know, Americans don't want to do. So I, I, I appreciate that. I liked her a little quip about, because um, I don't remember if it was Tim Ryan or who it was that was talking about the the uh, abortion issue. Maybe it was Jay Inslee, but somebody was, and then yeah. she brought up, oh, there are three women here that are... Oh, that was good. Yeah, and, then was she also, good and then she also had that line, uh, our president shouldn't be making policy in his bathrobe at 5 a.m., yeah. Which I think got one of the biggest applauses of the yeah. night, actually. So she had a couple moments there. A little bit. And, and and then even a line that fell flat. She said something about, that's what we call all foam and no beer. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, for me, it felt a little bit trying too hard. That was mm-hmm. folksy. But, yeah, was. but then afterwards, I heard, you know, people were saying that that was what, what helped her stand out. Was, mm-hmm. is she leaned into, towards the more moderate thing, is that air of folksiness. You know, okay. just don't call me late for dinner. Mm-hmm. That, ugh, I don't like <laughs> it, but hey, I live on the coast. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, let's move on to uh, Bill de Blasio, mm-hmm. the uh, mayor of New York City. Um, we we mentioned his his a couple of his standout comments for sort of, I guess, appeal. Mm-hmm. But um, any any policies stand out or any quotes? Quotes. There was one that I liked. There's plenty of money in this world and country. It's just in the wrong hands. Yes, mm-hmm. I love that too. Yep, I had that written down. That was that was actually a really good moment I thought for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Democrats need to do a really good job of following through on that and explaining because mm-hmm. some Americans are like, they're railing on corporations, but corporations are who employ us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the public needs to be educated that actually the biggest employer is small businesses, not these big corporations, and to say exactly why it, the money being in their hands is kind of constricting it all, and it's not really flowing into the economy the way it would be if mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, they're holding on to it and, and hoarding it and giving it to their. Because who, who said the line about board. how CEOs are making mm-hmm. like a hundred and something prof, uh, percentage uh, raising raises every year while the bottom tier is. Yeah, I don't remember who said that. that. It may have been Tim Ryan. Yeah, I was like... Yes, it's those kinds of things where it said the CEO of McDonald's earns some thousand percent more than the workers there. And... But we can't just say that anymore because we've said that in 2016 to show the differentiation, the, the income inequality you know, gap that there is, but we need to explain why it doesn't work. Some people believe, well, because the guy flipping the hamburger isn't worth as much as the guy running the company. But we and not working as hard or right. nonsense like that. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I think that needs to be fleshed out a little bit. So, yes, show the disparity, but then also show why it doesn't make sense. Um some people think, well, you need to pay the CEO that much, otherwise he won't do the job. Really? Mm-hmm, Is that right? It, do you, yeah. Do you need all those deals and those stock bonuses? And and you know, again, it, the disparities on, on when these companies are so big, these corporations they're beholden to their, you know, their boards and their stockholders, and they're not beholden to the people that are working for them and right. the ones that are struggling to make do. And, and that's what I think they need to bring up more, which, you know, I think Elizabeth Warren does a good job with that. But going back to Bill de Blasio, I, he had a couple of moments, too, where he was a little bit of a bully, too. And I was like, oh, here we go, another New York, <laughs> that, like yep. Trump. And I, it, it got old a little bit fast. He was cutting people off here and there. I think the other good point that he brought up to kind of remind people, even though he's not very popular, even in New York City, I think he's less popular than Donald Trump, which is saying a mm. lot. But he did bring up the point, the fact he that he... He could not murder somebody on Fifth right. Avenue is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. Um, and But I think he did bring up a good point about just the fact that he runs the, the, the largest city in the country, which is bigger than many states, and that he runs the largest police force. And so he has a little bit of that balance of experience of both, both at the city level, but also with a, a city that's a lot bigger and has a lot more layers and a, a lot more than many states, than, than many senators and the Congress and some of the other people that were up there tonight, which um, was something to, to kind of remind people with his, his background, his experience being in a, a second term of, of, uh, of running a city of that size. Other than that, I, the thing that stood out to me was kind of the, the the kind of the bully and the cutting people off part, which got a little annoying. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't put much towards him anyways of really yeah. Let's bottom going five. very far. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bottom definitely five. bottom five. Even with a couple good points there, definitely yeah. the bottom five. Um, I think we'll go over move a little faster with these. John Delaney. Mm-hmm. I, oh, gosh, I no. said the, the joke. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh my god. I thought he. I was. I thought he was doing great at first. 
Um, he uh, well, he touted his business record, mm-hmm. right? He, he brought that entrepreneur. up. Two-time mm-hmm. entrepreneur, two-time entrepreneur, and um, uh, he wanted yeah. to be the most conservative Democrat up there. I think you that think was so? his play. It felt I, like it. I, it, 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 it felt. It, I do agree with you. I think I felt like he was was trying to be like, okay, I'm going after the voters that were had voted maybe for Obama and, and then voted for Trump, and you know, going after. Those definitely, I think, several. I do agree with you with yeah, that. Yeah, two or three times he had his phrase, real solutions, mm-hmm. not impossible promises, which I think is really damaging uh, because these promises that we're getting from more of the progressive candidates are not just airy fairy, uh, impossible to deliver. They explain how they would deliver on them. So for him to say that these are impossible promises, I think is is pretty damaging. Um, and it's frankly pretty ignorant. I, th- I think I it's think it old fashioned. Like- because in the, in the era of, in the past four years, so many people who have been passive, politically passive, have been mobilized from, I say if Trump did anything for our country in the past two and a half, three years, it's that he's mobilized people who were previously politically passive. And mm-hmm. that being the case, I think an audience, a general public audience, is more tuned into the specifics that you guys are both pointing out and wrote down and took you know notes about very specific details of policy. And I think those phrases like that, say it again, the it more was, uh, real realistic. solutions, not impossible promises. Yeah, I think I think people want more than that now. Now that now that they're a little bit more sitting on the edge of their seat and not just so like. But you know. I am I, I, I like beyond annoyed. Whatever, whatever the step was, uh, impossible promises. See, nothing that any of these candidates have talked about, or nothing that I've heard any of the candidates who will be speaking on tomorrow, as progressive as they are, are impossible promises. He's making it sound like these are, you know, way out there than that they're not thought through. And I think, um, I, I mean, I, I. I Get what he is trying to I, do, I, I but was say it's, I do too. it's damaging. I get mm-hmm. what he's trying to do too, but I also feel like again it goes back to what we we're talking about at the top of the show mm-hmm. is that you need to feel inspired. You need to feel mm-hmm. that a president is going to come up with big scope, big visions, and you know, and then you 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 make it happen as as. Mm-hmm. But and, he's, and he's making it. He's taking it away and being like, no, this is not and, realistic. And he also shows um, a, another flaw that I think is important for any real viable candidate. To, to keep in mind, it isn't just about the solutions, right? Mm-hmm. He's saying here it's real solutions. It's not just about the solutions. It's about naming the right problem. And I think um, that is something that I'm probably going to be coming back to a lot, a lot, a lot, because I'm going to be paying attention to uh, what is the context, what is the frame that people say are the problem. Donald Trump did that very well. He said that the problems were you know, all the people. Immigrants. Immig- right. You know, so it's the person who names the problem that resonates with people. I and believe sim- and- that's what Hitler did and well, every notorious. Well, no. And okay, it's, but it's, we can do it in a good yeah. way, right? Because right. we name the corruption, yeah. and that's what, you know, uh, Elizabeth Warren said it. We're going to name it. We're going to call it out. Well, mm-hmm. and it, it, it's, it, again, that's one thing that Trump does well is, is 
name it and keep naming it, but you're naming it very simplified, very easy. Build the wall. And incorrectly. Immigrant, mm-hmm. yes, of course. But he's but naming the problem. It, naming mm-hmm. it, making and it simple. NAFTA is the problem. And it mm-hmm. sticks because people are picking up on that. And even if it's wrong, and we know it is, and he lies through his teeth, but the f- pa- fact is he simplifies it and makes it simple. Yep. And when you get too deep in the weeds, it does turn people off because they're like, okay... We just need something simple. We need something that's going to passion, that's going to drive people, that's going to make them feel inspired. And uh, yeah, I thought Delaney did so, a lot of that. Bottom like, five. Oh, oh my god, he was my last. Bottom, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. number Whoa, ten. Oh, him I think and no. De Blasio were kind of no. close. Oh, I know and, because and, I think De, De Blasio okay. had really those well, two he great did. lines. He had a couple of good, but overall, wow. No, he was um, maybe my like number six, De Blasio, mm. but Delaney ten. So yeah. next, uh, Ray Inslee, who uh, Governor of Jay, Washington, Jay, Jay sorry, Jay <laughs> Inslee, number nine, didn't do anything for me. Sounded like he a very did, old he, time. He did have the line when they were going yes. down the line, and he said, that was my uh, line. "Our biggest threat is, is, Trump. is Trump." I think that was his shining no, moment. No, but I, 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 I like that because I think again, I was surprised by the lack of people talking about Trump because I think there is a passion on the left to get rid of. I would love to have seen more of the candidates actually calm out the garbage that he is. Like, I would have liked to see more passion from the candidates about that and mm-hmm. about that issue. And uh, and I thought they were also, they were pretty good, I will say, overall, about not disparaging each other overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or not disparaging Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders and, or some and, of the front runners in the polls that are that are on tomorrow night. I thought they did pretty good with that, but I'd like to see more passion. I thought about it was them a good, it, you know, it's a good moment. It gets a woohoo mm-hmm. to say Trump. Sure. But actually, the problem of our politics is much larger right, than it's Trump. It's much deeper, and mm-hmm. it's actually where I thought Elizabeth Warren stumbled and went out of sort of brand. Her answer to that question, "What's the climate biggest change?" was climate mm-hmm. change. But in her comments to Chris Matthews. After Mm -hmm. the debates were over, she said it better, that it's the role of money in politics that therefore spills over into every problem that we have, climate change, our military decisions, gun control. Everything stems from the role of money in politics, and therefore the biggest geopolitical threat to us is our own corruption of our democracy. Yes. Right, and you're you're right, and it does go back to it's bigger than Trump, but I'm just saying I didn't hear enough people that really were going after him is some of the things like Jay did. And he went for the cutesy line and that, and that worked in that case. I thought it actually worked because that's the, really the only I thing. I was disappointed that change. so many people were excited by that answer. <laughs> it was like a cheap thrill. No, it's it a was. cheap thrill. It was. We need yeah. cheap thrills. We need more cheap thrills. But I, I want to see, and I hate to say that, but I want to see a candidate get a little bit more dirty and call him out more because the more that we normalize his behavior and let him continue to get away with stuff, the more likely... He's going to be reelected. I, I, I think I would agree with pa- that to, when to we're point. at the po- moment right. where they're debating each other. Call him yes. out to his face. Until then, that's not really what right. we're, we're worried. We're more most concerned with who is the candidate that best represents the values and ideals of where we want this country to go. Um, it's like the goal is to put the basket in mm-hmm. the, the basket, the ball the in the basket, basket yeah. and you're not worried about who's who's you know yeah. defending against that. So, um, yeah. Oh, my computer's and, about to die. So, and I hope, oh, I hope I remember. <laughs> we have, we have lines. We just, we just have yeah. we have three more candidates left. So, so Julian Castro, mm-hmm. former housing secretary, mm-hmm. he and mayor was, of San Antonio. I think people and mayor of San Antonio. Mm-hmm. I think people are touting him as sort of the yeah the, did we already say the dark horse of the, of, of the debate like mm-hmm. he he was sort of uh the really he, he really yeah he he really shown 
Well, I, I think he did have a good showing. I think if people know him, or, or at least have known of him, I'm sure for a lot of people this was the first time to really see him. He I was think like the first one to announce, wasn't he? If I yeah, remember I correctly, think he was one of the very first. Uh, um, he, as we, some of us have known, he is a, like we said, a great speaker, a great you know communicator, very smart on policy. Um, you know, the sad thing was watching a lot of these candidates tonight is that I kept thinking, well, not necessarily sad, but I was like, well, maybe they're not presidential material, but they some of them could run for Senate. Mm-hmm. Some of them I could see in cabinets a, of a, a future mate? Democrat. Yes. Any running mates? Running mate, a great cabinet members in, in, in a Democratic administration. But a lot of the people which we talked about earlier didn't really stand out to me as actually being presidential timber this time around. Um, but Very I think smart, was, but not enough of a brand. Y- Exactly, and that's what it goes back to again. What we're so you're about. saying Castro, this isn't his year, but but you can see him. I mean, really... his career in politics is not over. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's, correct. He's... he's only 44, and he's definitely passionate. You know, well, good, like we just talked about. Um, but I think he was definitely the clear winners in the top mm-hmm. top three, probably. I would say out of mm-hmm. out of everybody. I think that was well. the consensus that I saw. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. He did a very good job tonight, um, getting himself out there. It'll be interesting to see if his numbers. Pop up a little bit in the polls, and and Julian, Julian's uh, uh, sparring with Beto. In my opinion, Beto, I think it was low. Mm-hmm. He's he was pretty far down for me. Um, we kind of yeah. touched on that already there was a little bit that about he how said that like emotionally resonated. And right. even though this is about policy and stuff like that, again, it has something has to resonate mm-hmm. and capture you. Exactly. And I uh, I think he's generally good at that. And I think maybe that's why so many people were disappointed is because he's generally charming and he's able to, mm-hmm. you know, sort of touch. But he seemed move. nervous tonight. He, he seemed yeah. he seemed Did. very choosing his words very carefully mm-hmm. and yeah, like more serious than usual. Mm-hmm. Like he seemed very off on on Beto. Well, and I and I said this to uh, people before is like what works and and this works in any part of life too you could work with the same group of people again and it doesn't work out right in a job you know um but like what worked for his campaign in texas and what he did there doesn't necessarily translate to the presidential level and that's what i've said from the very beginning some of these people would be better served running for the yes. senate not yeah. saying that he is in particular but i didn't see anything tonight that i think translates at the presidential level sure. and i think julian castro did a great job of calling him out i'm not doing his homework because what when i was watching that's the first thing mm-hmm. i thought it was like he's focused too much on his personality and his cutesy things and his instagram videos to really think about having the policy and he's from a border state and from a border town that's where he is from and he should know this like the back of his hand yeah. And inside and out, and I think that was a point that he allowed to pass by him mm-hmm. and, and didn't show what he was capable of, and that was a very important part that I thought didn't give him the top five, in my opinion. He was definitely not in, in the top five winners tonight. And finally, Elizabeth Warren. She was definitely she was definitely mm-hmm. in the top five. Oh, she was probably, she, yeah, one, if not number you know, one. Yeah. I mean, she just... That's what I, yeah. I, I saw online. Going into this, personally, of these ten candidates, mm-hmm. is my... Uh, personal top choice. Mm-hmm. Um, she did well, I think, in about 70% of the answers. And in some other ones, sort of blew the opportunity, like I said, in responding with climate change. Yes, that's true. But climate change uh, or our inability to do anything about it is a symptom of the mm-hmm. role of money in politics. And if she had come back to that theme, would have strengthened her brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think she she came out of the gate so strong. It seemed like she was just kind of like, oh, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. I'm going to hang back a little bit. 
Well, I would agree with you, I, 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 but in the sense I think she came on so strong on top that, that it kind of like she had to kind of go back to lower gear because energy-wise... It's just a long period of time, you know, mm-hmm. for two hours up there. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, right. And also, I think, yeah. one of the CNN correspondents pointed out, because somebody was saying she only spoke at certain times, she didn't interrupt anybody, she waited her turn, and they were, like, be, like in a negative way, saying, like, that was her fault, she was less aggressive, and, and they were like, what if she did, though? Like, if she oh, interrupted yeah. anybody, right. she'd be th- through the ringer right exactly. now. Exactly. Like, she, she can't, she doesn't she can't have win. that, she doesn't have that leniency. None of, the, none of the ladies do. No, and that's the unfair part of it. But I think, again, nobody can question the fact that she knows policy. She's incredibly smart. She has an agenda. Things are laid out. I mean, she just, she has it all right there. Um, now, does she have the, the kind of star power that's going to, Catapult her through. Is she going to be Bernie and Biden? And is she the one that that moderates and Republicans and uh, moderate independents are going to be drawn to? That's you know that's the thing. But I, I love what she says, and I know she's knowledgeable. She had it down, and, and clearly she was like the number I, one. I tonight. think if she sticks more to. We've got to fix the corruption right. than talking about Medicare for all. Yeah. Right. So it's more about like. Maybe Medicare for all is the right solution. She is with Bernie on that. But we don't even really know until we get the clear voice of Americans through this noise that right. is lobbyists, that is PAC money, that is, you know, the the, the whole revolving door and the, all, all the stuff that makes it really difficult. That pharmaceutical, I mean, I believe that, that they spend the most money of any industry influencing mm-hmm. politics. So Absolutely. it's very difficult to get a clear <laughs> Um, idea of what's the best way forward when they're doing so much to just create sludge in the process. And that's the first thing. We have to clean up the mess that we have first before we can create something new. And I agree with you. And I think her her populism message is so solid that it is going to attract people as we hear more from her. And, you know, it's a populism that was very much part of the Republican Party for so many years. I mean, going back a century ago to you know, the past 56 years ago, that's basically the Republican Party. And that's what's so ironic now is she's not really bringing up things that are so out of the ordinary. Um, and she really brought up a good populism point. So, yeah, she was definitely a clear winner tonight, I thought, overall. Yeah. So our second debate is tomorrow with uh, 10 more candidates. Is there anything that you guys are anticipating or looking forward to tomorrow? Chelsea? Um, there, I mean, it's a lot. That's, that's the one with... Uh, Many more of the, well, yeah, it's, it's a lot more star power well, tomorrow. Well, I'm really looking. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing. I, I wonder if Pete Buttigieg is going to be asked about you know the shooting that occurred mm-hmm. in South Bend and his mm-hmm. response. Mm-hmm. I really do think that Mayor Pete would be an amazing. Pence replacement. I and, agree, hundred and ten percent. Let's replace like, one Indian and, and, and for also another. just poetic exactly. justice. For another. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I hope that he does well. Yep. Not because I want I he's my presidential choice, but because he is my VP choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, who else? You know. Biden, I'm, Bernie. Uh, you know, I'm actually that. very curious to hear if Andrew Yang yep. is able to break through the noise. Mm-hmm. He does have mm-hmm. a good point about his, you know, the stuff he was on the automation. Joe Rogan podcast. Yes, he did really, really well there. So I'm looking forward to see if if, if he can make that an issue um, and do a really good job at that. Um, yeah, Scott. It, anything else? Well, no. I was going to say it, it, it is going to be interesting because you've got the top four out of the five with Elizabeth Warren being the fifth one of, of in, in the polls. So it's going to be interesting to see with all that kind of wattage there, who's going to be able to stand out, and are some of the other people that are a little bit lower down the polls going to be able to have their moments? And, and how many gaps is Biden going to do? 
how's Kamala Harris going to do? Um, you know, because you, it's going to be interesting. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how it comes across tomorrow when you've got kind of the the moderate leader with Biden and, and the the progressive leader with with Sanders and how everyone else is going to fall in tomorrow. It'll be very it's going to be very exciting. Yeah. And we will be back here tomorrow with the Trump report, same time, nine o'clock Thursday tomorrow night. And I will not be here. Christian will be back. I will be here. Chelsea will be here. I, and I, I will not and, be and, here either. And so. my friend Drexel Hurd. Yes. My friend Drexel may be sitting in. So, yes. so come back tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Scott, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at SMAN80. That's SMAN80. And, and me at Chelsea, Chelsea Galicia. Chelsea Galicia. And find me on YouTube at Hey Tamara, H E Y T A M R A. And check out my Sarah Huggaby Sanders videos because <laughs> that's it. I have to retire them. There are no more. So so give me so, give me a like day. while I can. Well, while I can when get she runs it. for governor of Arkansas, uh, yeah, you may have a moment years, again. In, in two years, I'll, I'll can resurrect them. All right. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 